So we are on the second episode of my new show, Radio Soup, and what's on the stove today, my good friend, Adam Bray. Well, you're not technically on the stove, but I like, you know, that's how I like to start the show off. Lots of writing experience with my friend, Star Wars, Marvel, travel writing. Well, Adam, you've been everywhere, haven't you? Yeah, I have. It's uh, It's been a ma- an amazing wild ride. I never could have uh, planned this myself. I had no idea I'd be a, you know, a Star Wars and Marvel writer. <laughs> I d- didn't even plan to be a writer. I, I started out uh, working with uh, chimpanzees and uh, shoveling out uh, zoo cages. Really? That's crazy. Animals and stuff. And then we did this... Um, it's like a Michigan history thing where we take turns. One of us would be an, an Indian in a wigwam and teach the kids, you know, how the Indians lived. And another person would be um, in like a log cabin uh, pretending to be a trapper and teach the kids all about that. And then another person would be a candle maker with a big, big fire outside and teach the kids how to do that. So, um, yeah, I, I started out doing something very different, then went on to work with chimpanzees at a, <laughs> a lab out in Arizona, and uh, just kind of bounced around for a while until I ended up in Vietnam writing travel guides. You just bounced around until you got to <laughs> Vietnam? Yeah. My brother was a uh, English teacher um, out in China, and it's funny, I, I never had a desire to go to Asia you know, growing up and as a young adult, but I figured, well, he's over there, so it's a good excuse to go. I'd probably never go on my own, so I went over to visit him, and when he was done teaching um, for the term, we just kind of went vacation, travel, backpacking over Southeast Asia, and I just got to Vietnam, and I I fell in love with the place, um, and just decided to stay. I was doing web design, so uh, it was easy to uh, do freelance work from over there. And just as a hobby, I would write travel websites um, about the area where I was living. And this was about, uh, oh, I guess about 15 years ago. So at the time, it was a great time to be doing that because there just weren't many other English speakers that were based there doing that. So I got a name for myself uh, writing travel information and uh, so guidebook publishers and magazines and media outlets started asking me to you know write write their guides and stories and update stuff for them and that's kind of how I got into publishing that's cool that's very cool yeah totally totally unexpected and unplanned and that's kind of how the best things in life seem to happen how do you go from writing in Vietnam and working on all that stuff to Star Wars and Marvel and all this, all the stuff that like is super popular. I'm not that Star Wars was never popular, but you know, it seems to me that there's more books out now. There's more DVDs. There's more things that people can watch and read, and learn more about the background, the history. Because we all want to learn, you know, how did Han Solo as the new, you know, untitled Han Solo project, or a Han Solo story? Is that the new? Is that the title of it? Oh yeah, <laughs> I guess it's called Solo. Okay, yeah, that was months and months of R&D for that title, I'm sure. Yeah. How do you go from being a writer writing about travel books, writing about Vietnam, to Star Wars? Yeah, it was kind of a funny thing, because 
I was in Vietnam and Cambodia, not the whole time, but, but most of it, from uh, 2003 to uh, about 2011, and I guess that was the tail end of uh, the Star Wars prequels, and then that seemed like that was about it, like that was the end of Star Wars, but then uh, the Clone Wars animated feature came, and that was just, nobody knew where, you know, if that was going to go. George Lucas said he didn't want to make any um, more movies. Um, he, he actually talked about uh, uh, live-action TV series, and apparently he got pretty far into pre-production development of that, but it never actually turned into anything. So, you know, I, like a lot of people, thought Star Wars was over. So I was busy doing my travel guides and having my own adventures and, you know, stumbling upon um, undocumented ancient temple ruins in the jungles <laughs> and visiting, you know, these uh, ethnic uh, minority tribes, you know, off in the jungle and, you know, staying the night with them in, in huts uh, in the forest and just having kind of being a you know, a real life Indiana Jones, having my own adventures, doing these, these guidebooks, though actually most of these adventures were, were in my free time in between the books. But yeah, so I was doing all that. But um, one of the publishers that I wrote for, um, one of the many publishers, um, happened to be DK for these, for the travel guides. And they're also um, a publisher of a lot of the great Star Wars reference books, um, right. the visual guides and visual encyclopedias and cross-sections of ships and books about the locations and planets. And so I had it, um, an idea in the back of my head, you know, maybe if, you know, I make a name for myself and get a lot of experience writing these travel guides, maybe if someday I want to go back to the U.S., um, I could use this to get a foot in the door and kind of change subject matter. Not knowing that, you know, in a few years, Disney was going to buy Lucasfilm and everything would change and they'd start making movies again. It's still stunning to me that you can just go from writing. I mean, they just said, well, you can write about Vietnam, so you can write about Star Wars too, right? Because you would think it would be, it would be a little different. So we lost Adam a little bit there, but he said it was amazing because they liked the fact that he was doing work with biology, and so he was able to use that knowledge to set up information about the creatures and everything in the books of Star Wars. And also, he has a little insight about what it's like to be writing for Star Wars and Marvel, which, of course, are two of my favorite subjects. It's it's amazing how much of Star Wars and Marvel writing for them, um, it's... I mean, you do have to be a fan and you do have to have the knowledge. Someone who doesn't know anything or really care isn't going to be a good writer. <laughs> right. But, but most of it is actually, it's actually about being able to, you know, answer queries, to respond to your editors on time, to, 
to be, you know, amiable and to be in good cheer, um, you know, when you're asked to do things and to get it done quickly and, you know, put on a professional level um, to be able to meet these long, rigorous, you know, deadlines and to be willing to actually, you know, get up in the morning, first thing in the morning, write all day long until you go to bed late at night and do that day after day for several months until the book is done. And then turn around and do another book after that, another book, you know, and maybe you don't get that holiday or and you, I definitely don't get uh, many vacations. Most of my vacations, they're actually work vacations, like my, my vacations are book tours right. um, or conventions or things like that. I don't, maybe once a year, you know, I'll get a window where I'm not busy, where if I've got the money, and as a writer, I don't necessarily have the money, <laughs> I, I can go off on a vacation. But uh, if if things are going good, I'm going to be busy nonstop. And that's kind of, that's kind of a, it, it is a hard life, and it's hard for the people around you to really right. understand uh, what it is you do. I know I talk to so many fans tell me, oh, I wish I could be a Star Wars writer, you know, I, I want to write a Star Wars book, and just one book, you know, they say, I, I just want to write one, and, you know, that's, that's great, we're all fans, and, you know, I, I felt that way at one point, too, but the, in order to write, um, you know, at that professional level, to deliver the quality, and to be able to meet the deadlines and the schedule, right? you really have to you wouldn't be writing just one book, you know, you would be the kind of person that's available to continuously write. Um, and a lot of people don't understand, they want to do it kind of as a novelty, and they don't understand the, the time uh, commitment and the commitment to your schedule and the, the financial sacrifices. Right. You know, the, the sacrifices to your own personal life that a right, uh, full-time uh, professional writer has to do because my my day to day life is very different uh, than other people. You know, that go to an office job. I get to write about really exciting things, but I'm when I'm busy, I'm writing all day long. <laughs> right now, let, let's talk about your latest book. That's I believe it's the Stormtrooper book that's out. Y- yeah. So it's, um, so, so how long? Beyond the armor. How long did that take you to write? This book is really unusual. Um, it is the first, um, the first kind of documentary behind-the-scenes book that I have written for Star Wars. Um, it's funny; all the other books I've written thus far, are, they're all in-universe, so they're they're from the point of view that you are actually, you know, in the Star Wars movies. But this is a behind-the-scenes book, so in some ways, it's more like the the travel books I used to write, um, the real-world stuff. And I was actually involved in this book for about two years on and off. So it's the longest I've ever been involved in any kind of a book. And I actually, my, uh, my co-author was Ryder Windham, and we, we started on this just before The Force Awakens hit theaters. Um, and so, so, uh, so that was pretty exciting for you because The Force Awakens, of course, Finn... You know, most of the, you probably didn't know that most of the story was about a former stormtrooper. Right, yeah, that uh, that made it really interesting because he's kind of the first stormtrooper that takes his helmet off and we actually, you know, get to meet the real person. 
um, underneath the, the armor. So that, that kind of adds an, an interesting bent to things, kind of a way to, to end, end the book. He's talking about how the stormtroopers started 40 years ago. And back then, uh, with stormtroopers, they were kind of these impersonal soldiers. Mm-hmm. And we didn't really know if they were even human underneath the armor. You know, there was some speculation whether they, you know, were droids or, you know, well, some things suggested they were clones back then. It was only recently they've kind of retooled it and made the stormtroopers into, you know, human uh, volunteers that actually went to stormtrooper academies. But, Vo- volunteers in quotes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, in quotes. Everything with uh, the Empire, it's quite not as uh, free and rosy as they make it seem. But uh, yes, so with stormtroopers, we see that evolution from those faceless uh, stormtroopers to uh, the the clones uh, in the prequels, and how, despite being copies of each other, you know, they were they ended up being very ind- individualistic, and you know, all have their own uh, haircuts and tattoos and <laughs> personalities, and then uh, they're a big bad biker gang who can't shoot and hit anything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> funny um george lucas had an ex- explanation for that at one point which he's ended up changing oh. he, he at one point uh, he thought that the stormtroopers were all clones and so um you know different uh, imperial uh, dignitaries would bribe somebody to get themselves cloned as a you know a way of uh, sort of pseudo immortality um and so you'd get these inferior uh, clone stocks, and some of them wouldn't be very good shots. And so that's how you get these um, these lousy uh, stormtroopers you see in the new Hulk. <laughs> so that's kind of been changed since then. That's funny. That's so. It took you uh, a little under two years to write. Yeah, yeah, two years on and off. Uh, here and there, I take a break for a couple of months and work on something else. But a lot of that was because. Um, We'd have various uh, review stages on, on oh, right. books um, where it'd go to the editors and go to Lucasfilm and they'd want something changed or added or fixed and so back and forth. And that happens with other books, but usually I only get you know one or maybe two passes um, and most of it's handled, uh, the changes are handled by editors. But with this, because the book was so long, and such a research-intensive book, there were a lot of uh, stages to that. And uh, I also had to wait uh, for things to come out because uh, Disney's gotten real secretive. It, it used to be when I started out, you know, I would get a lot of advanced information, especially for the Star Wars Rebel series. But Disney's kind of curtailed that uh, with the security. So for some, a lot of things like uh, Rogue One, I actually had to wait for it to come out in the theaters. What? Uh, that seems like they would give the writers like just have you sign a non-disclosure agreement or something like i mean not like you would disclose it to anybody anyway but you know you're you're i I mean you're but but dk isn't part of disney is it no they're they're not they're separate but um, most of the publishers are are separate the disney uh i don't know what they call themselves now there's the disney uh publishing they, they do do some of their own in-house Star Wars books. But, yeah, I, I, I wish there was less security, but um, you 
you see what happens um, from time to time when when you know the, the corner is cut in, in that regard and you get leaks um, of things uh, whether it's from a toy often it's from toy companies um, things get leaked right. a little early um, but yeah I wish it worked that way there are you know the guys that write the uh, the, the novelizations um, get early access but I think from what I hear, they have to jump through a lot of extra hoops in order to uh, do that. So it's it's a big uh, it's a big commitment on, on their part. So yeah, hopefully things will get streamlined and, uh, and that we can find ways to have windows in the security. Well, I mean, most actors get their you know their scripts or you know they all sign non-disclosure or whatever whatever you want to call it i don't right. know why they can't do it for you why you have to wait for a movie to come out because you think they would be smart enough to give you the information so you could have a release along with the movie you could release a book pretty much at the same time not later on with the novelizations it's sort of that way although i guess with lately they're releasing them a couple of months after the movie as well so yeah i guess they're they're worried about about spoilers and things leaking out. It's it's funny because back in the past, especially during the prequels, there, there's a famous case of the soundtrack for the Phantom Menace. I think one of the the tracks on it is called like the the death of Qui Gon or something. Oh, whoops. <laughs> and, yeah, and back then the soundtrack came out quite a while before the movie did, as well as I think the novelizations did, and so they. They did spoil quite a lot back then, and they didn't worry about it. But now there's so much focus on on these spoilers. But I don't know whether that really affects um, ticket purchases or not. I, I don't know. I guess they think it does. Otherwise, they wouldn't put such an emphasis on the security. So, yeah, that's just the way they do it, and we got to work around it. <laughs> but, I mean, it's still pretty exciting. You have a Stormtroopers book. You have... The Last Jedi coming out in ten days, you know, ten days from the recording of this of the show, and right. you know, all across the country there are. Uh, it's actually coming out on the fifteenth, but they're releasing it on the fourteenth. So I know there's lots of people like myself who are going to go to the first showing, and you know, there's places that are already sold out. So I don't know why they wouldn't just give it to you because you know that it's not going to it's not going to hurt their ticket sales. I mean, it's Star Wars. Right, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't think it would. And you're going to be at one of the local theaters here uh, by me. On the yeah, f- I am. Which is always fun because I, the last time you were there, you were at Thor Ragnarok. And, right. Uh, and you were selling Marvel books, but you always have your Star Wars books there. And, you know, that's that's what I'm kind of always geeked about. But how was, how was the sales there? How was, how was uh, when people see you there, are they pretty excited to look at your stuff and be like, wow, and ask you questions? Yeah, yeah, it um, it always goes really well, and it's it's been kind of a fun tradition. I've been doing this um, for I think this is the third year now of doing uh, these book signings for um, the Star Wars and Marvel premieres uh, in the fall at uh, Petoskey Cinema. So yeah, people have been uh, really excited, and it's it's a really good turnout, and it it is it is funny, you know. With these these premiere weekends, uh, where if, if it's a Marvel one, people are really into the Marvel books. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the Star Wars premieres, people are really focused on that. So I I try to you know focus on uh, what whatever the movie is as, as much as I can. But uh, so I've been um, 
my publisher DK is really good because they provide um, free posters and other things and uh, so I've got uh, standees and decorations and things that I bring so it's really a lot of fun so, nice to have a tradition and you're part of the 501st so you have your well you you have an imperial hat so you're one of the bad guys yeah I do I, <laughs> I have a hat <laughs> I still don't have a stormtrooper helmet I'm, I'd love to be able to acquire ones one way or another. Right. But yeah, they, they made me uh, an honorary member of the 501st Legion uh, about a year or so ago. So that's quite an honor because of um, all the charity work mm-hmm. they do, you know, appearing at hospitals and things for kids. Well, it was the first, I don't know if it's the, I don't know if it's correct to say the only, but it's the first um, Lucasfilm endorsed uh, costuming, Star Wars costuming organization with members all around the world. And a lot of the honorary members are, um, you know, actors and uh, Mm -hmm. directors and celebrities and stuff. So it's quite an honor uh, to be made a member that way. That is pretty cool. So will you be wearing your hat and then be, and then do people get dressed up at Petoskey Cinema? To go see the movie? Yeah, um, you generally see uh, a lot of Jedi's. Because um... I don't want to be the only one. If I'm, because uh, you know, my friends from work and I are going to go, so I don't want to be the only person dressed up. Because I have a Kylo Ren costume that I wore for Halloween, so I don't want to be like the one, that one person, that one, that guy. <laughs> I don't want to be that guy. No. No, I think uh, there are a bunch of Jedis, and I saw a couple Kylo Rens, cool. um, a few Imperials. Um, I don't think I've seen any Stormtroopers yet. That would be really exciting. That is exciting. That's a big commitment. I've looked into that, and that's you know that's a lot. Just the helmet is a lot, yeah. and then working your way back from that. Right, yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's expensive and uh, time-consuming to um, be able to make those, um, or even to buy them. But yeah, I know there are some people I know, it's amazing. They've got, you know, half a dozen different costumes that they've made and they're all movie quality and it's it's really impressive. I'd, I'd love to do that, to try at least one. I'd, I'd like to build one of those R2 droids too. Those oh yeah. Cool. They had one at the uh, Cherry Capital Comic Con. Oh yeah, yeah. There's, um, there's, there's usually one or two there. I think there's a guy that's um, built Chopper. Um, from the Rebels uh, animated series. Oh. Uh, another friend of mine is working on um, a, uh, a functional BB-8. I think wow. he, he might actually be finished with the body now. Wow. I think he's got it together. That's pretty exciting. The, those BB-8s are not so... Um, well, I think they're, I think they're complicated. There are a lot of uh, time and money to, to build one, but, um, you know, it's a very very feasible uh, which makes me wonder why hadn't people built these before <laughs> you know why why did it take star wars to start making these because um actually m- most of the ones uh you see that are in the movie um i guess there were you know a whole bunch of different versions of the bb-8 um, they call it a puppet oh. um and they all do different things you know there isn't one single uh, droid BB-8 puppet that does everything, um, and most of the time it's not even you know the autonomous remote control one that at least in the first movie, 
you know, a lot of times it'll be attached to a rig that they have to erase later. So actually the ones that uh, people are making themselves, uh, they may even be more functional than, than ones you see most of the time in, in the movie. It's just through movie magic. It uh, looks like it's accomplishing more than it, more than it uh, was when they were putting it together. But how would you have time to write if you were building a droid? I mean, that seems like that would... I have, I you, have no idea. That, that's the problem. You'd be making so, your Stormtrooper outfit, building your droid, and then DK would be like, Adam, are you going to write anytime soon? What's happening? Yeah, well, it's, <laughs> it's, it's easier if you've got the money to just buy one. Exactly. There, there, there's an amazing one that um, they have them in the Walmarts now. Um, he, he just... He'd been released... Um, earlier this year but only widely released i think within the last couple of weeks it's good it's a what is it called it's a hero bb8 by spin master it's not quite full sized um, wow. that's the only drawback but it's it's pretty close um i think it's over a hundred dollars it's probably 175 200 or something but it's it's remote control and pretty functional i think it's got the lights and sounds and it'll follow you um so it's it's pretty amazing they need to add that to like get in conjunction with roomba so that way you could have the droid and it could vacuum or something like do something when you're not home yeah because if you're spending a hundred bucks i want the damn thing to vacuum my house i'm just saying i know yeah i i would like them um (laughs) a little bit you know to to i'd be willing to invest a lot lots of money um if they could make them a little more practical like you know i don't know connect to your wi-fi and you know play your music library or something you know just just so it, it does some practical things too then I, then i'm all in home know, security mm-hmm. yeah gladly throw a few hundred bucks in there, <laughs> you know. so after the stormtrooper book do you have any other books on the horizon or you're just waiting to see what they say um, I do. I, um, and are you just, allowed to talk about it? Not really. <laughs> um, I, I just finished uh, one book um, around Thanksgiving, and I'm kind of doing odds and ends for a couple of days, but I should be starting the very next book uh, any day now. So you can't tell us which universe it's in even? Or they'll, they'll hunt you down? Um, I'll say that uh, the ones I'm working on now um, are not Star Wars. Okay. Uh, but they're just as good. Well, yes. And, uh, which which tells you it's pretty big deal exciting. Yes. Um, and uh, they, one of them is on Amazon. Oh. Uh, as it's just like one of those holder ghost pages without much inf- you know it's just got like the title of the book but no picture or information or anything but it doesn't have my name on it so I'm hesitant to uh, claim it oh. yet but, okay um, it will blow people's minds um, and I'm not just saying that because it's it's a groundbreaking um, thing that hasn't it hasn't been done before it hasn't been written about in a book before this is i'm i'm getting to be the groundbreaker and i'm very very excited about it that is exciting now one last question before we let you go but besides uh, we'll talk about where you're going to be in in, uh next week uh star wars land in florida like i think they need to send you down there when they open 
Oh gosh, I would would even live down there. I know, know, right? They could put put me in a costume and just put me, you know, like in a corner balcony, you know, up above a restaurant or something, and I would gladly be, you know, their their live-in private author or something. You know, people could come in and, you know, visit and see me, and I could tell them stories and all that. But I would just, I would love to live in that that, uh, world, even if it's uh, Disney Park. Um, But yeah, it's... I want to go visit it so bad when it opens, but unless they can give me some kind of VIP right. tour, which I seriously doubt. <laughs> um, but the answer I is just, always no, unless you ask. I exactly. You got it. You don't know until you ask. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm worried about the well, the expense and mm-hmm. uh, the crowds. It's right. Just, the crowds. I'm sure they'll be insane. Um, I just imagine, you know, I've been to San Diego Comic Con a bunch, and that that convention, it's just shoulder. Once it opens up, it's just shoulder to shoulder for four days. You've always got like somebody touching your body on all four mm. sides, and you know. And that, it and it never used to be that way. I remember uh, when I lived in California 10, 15 years ago. You know, Comic Con. Like, how come you didn't go to Comic Con? I don't want to go to that. It's just a bunch of. Bleh. And now it's, you know, now, now you're kick now I'm kicking myself for not going when it was probably like, you know, 10 bucks to go or whatever. Now it's like, Oh, I know. now, now it is, it is the, the life changing event of the year. Yes. Um, but it's, it's a test in, uh, you know, patience and <laughs> endurance, um, and just being nice and polite and, you know, you, you've got to do that. I, you know, I've got to constantly remind myself all day, okay, breathe deeply, you know, put on a fake smile mm-hmm. and just be, be calm because with that many people, you know, up against you all day long, it's, you know, it can get very claustrophobic and hot and very exhausting. But Keep your blood sugar up, yes. <laughs> yeah, totally, you know. I'm just thinking of translating that experience to a new Disney park that everyone in the world is going to want to go to. So oh yes, you can you can only hope that they'll you know limit the number of ticket sales each day. I don't maybe they already do that in their parks. I don't know, um, but yeah, the only other way around that is if I could get some VIP access. Somebody mm-hmm. please hook it up for me. Exactly, and if you need a personal valet, just let me know. so december 14th through the 16th right that's thursday friday and saturday you're going to be there sunday uh just the three days that's uh, all i've arranged the knows if it's busy and a lot of people come see me maybe we could add another day but i'd have to check with the the theater with that so you'll be at petoskey cinema the day the pre-day i guess what is it called what do they call that when they open it beforehand you know, because um, you're the man. I don't know. It's kind of because it's kind of a funny thing. It's like because it's like an early preview, right? But at the same time, it's totally official. Okay, so the official release, I guess, is the 14th. Even though it it opens everywhere on the 15th, you'll you'll be there, and then people will come out, and you'll probably still be there uh, for the last movie. But then people, if they miss you and they don't have any, you know, they're thinking about books, they can come back the next day on Saturday, or on Friday rather, and Saturday to come back and get books. They can just go in and see you even if they've already seen the movie 
and uh, check out what you have. Right, right, exactly. I'll be there um, from the opening showing till the last showing uh, each day. But what I like to do is the last showing of each day, I'll go go in and see a movie. So it's good not to wait to the last minute to come see me if, right. if you want to talk to me or pick up a book uh, because I'm spending the few minutes before the last showing trying to clean up and rush into the theater. But um, so, yeah, but yeah, I'll be there all three days. And that's pretty exciting because, like I said, you, you know, you see I've been there uh with you a couple times and you know you see the the kids and even the adults looking through your stuff and you you know they get that look in their eye and everyone turns into you know a kid again when they look at star wars stuff like i feel like i'm i'm that this is 1977 i won't say how old i was but i feel like i was you know back in grade school like oh my gosh star wars and it's just like brings it just brings you back to that time no matter how old you are yeah, it does. It's it's a total nostalgic trip, and it's it's like it's like a license to be a kid. Yes, I mean you can, you know, everybody you know everybody can be into it, and you know, uh, people get excited about all the Star Wars toys and comics and mm-hmm. you know, all all those things. You know, it's it's one of those things where it, it doesn't matter how how old you are. You know, it's just everybody loves it. It's true. And if people want to buy your books, do they go to Amazon or you have a website? Um, well, the, there's lots of things they can do. If, yes. If they can't make it to um, the signing, right. Amazon, well, they can get them on Amazon. If they want to visit uh, my Facebook page, um, I've got links there. If, you can, if they can use my links I, you know, and go through Amazon that way, I can get a little referral credit. So that's mm. always very help, helpful to me. But yeah, those, that's the best way to do it. Or, um, or visit the, you know, the local local shops. Of uh, course. Got it in uh, McLean and Aiken and Petoskey or, yes. you know, where, wherever you're living. Uh, it's, it's in all the major stores. And author Adam Bray is your Facebook page to check out everything that you're doing and what you're up to. Yep, that is it. Uh, author Adam Bray on uh, Twitter and Facebook. So that, that's the best place to find me. Cool. And I will find you on the 14th at Petoskey Cinema. I know I'll be there and hopefully I'll... I'll grab some friends, hopefully not my two annoying, my couple annoying friends who ask you Star Wars questions all the time, or I have to like kind of pull them off you and be like, okay, go, go eat your popcorn, go somewhere else. <laughs> oh, that's fine. <laughs> I know. I'm I happy know. to see everybody. Yes. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Adam, on my second show of Radio Soup. And um, I will probably talk again, because you'll have a lot of books. I want to be one of the first people that you talk about your super secret, if I told you I'd have to kill you book that's coming out. Absolutely. Yeah, that'll be great. Awesome. Well, this is great, Adam. Thank you so much. So excited for Star Wars The Last Jedi to come out in a couple days, and we'll see you later. Well, thanks for having me on. I'd be happy to come back anytime. All right. Mm-hmm.